This episode of Pet Resource Radio is brought to you by Westlake Ace Hardware Stores. Westlake Ace Pet Departments have everything you need for a happy, healthy pet. As your neighborhood pet destination for food, treats, toys, and bedding, shop the brands you trust like Blue Buffalo, Science Diet, Purina, and Kong. Also, all their stores are pet-friendly. Shopping with your best friend is more fun, and hey, it puts a smile on their employees' faces too, so feel free to bring your leashed pet with you when you shop. Our outreach efforts are also supported by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station, and Hot 103 Jams, KPRS, KC's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. We dive into the world of pet nutrition with who else but the experts at Hills Pet Nutrition. That and more on this episode of Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm not Scott Cotter because I'm back. I'm Sierra Howe, and welcome to the program. We're coming to you from the room we call the Fishbowl here at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, the one that I missed while I was gone. But we're a nonprofit organization whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks in need. Um, it is very nice to have you back. I'm so excited to be back. I'm actually like nervous because I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot to host a podcast but well, yeah now you're back now i want to say thank you to you and scott for continuing to put out video videos see this is the story of my life <laughs> now because i have mom brain but for putting out more episodes i was gone for they sure were really nice to listen to it made me feel like i was still here when Aww. i wasn't so um, and scott you did great <laughs> yeah scott did a great job it's good so, to have him yeah um, it's good to be back he does more takes than you <laughs> I'll say that. There's a little more editing involved. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about what we've got coming up for people. On August 7th, Raytown Schools Wellness Center. That's 10301 East State Route 350 in Raytown, Missouri. From 9 a.m. to noon, a drive through vaccination clinic for your pets. No appointment necessary. Um, yep. What can we get there? We can get a full set of dog vaccinations for 35 bucks. We can get a full set of cat vaccinations for 25 bucks. Do you got a puppy? Do you have a kitten? Do they need to be dewormed? Do they need to get their DA2PP or FVRCP? All real things that people need to think about. Yep. So. 10 bucks for that. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you just need to get your pet microchipped, you can do that too. That's a very important thing. Um, so if you are in or around Raytown, again, that's August 7th, 9 a.m. to noon. Raytown Schools Wellness Center. I'm not going to say the address again. Look it up. It used to be the old YMCA for people who are from Raytown. There you That's go. That's how I remember. I still referred to it that way. But what do you say about some pet news? Sounds good to me. So first up, down in Texas, a Dalmatian named Luna had a long, long night. Pregnant with a litter of pups, she delivered the first five puppies no problem, and then nothing. By seven in the morning, there were no more puppies coming out, even though they were clearly there were clearly more that needed to be birthed. Luna's owner called the local clinic, and they told her to bring Luna on down so they could see what was going on, and it turns out the sixth pup had become breached, and they had to do an emergency cesarean section, and altogether she gave birth to 16 puppies, a number that's only three short of the largest Dalmatian litter on the record, and I actually didn't know this, but thinking of 101 Dalmatians, I thought 
the number of puppies that they had was just exaggerated mm -hmm. for the movie effect. So I didn't know that this was normal. That's a lot of puppies. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things that like, glad the puppies are okay. Of course. Glad everybody's doing well. But oh my gosh, that's a lot of dogs that now need homes. You know yep. what I mean? And that could potentially not have been in, you know, such an unfortunate issue if she was spayed. Right. She didn't have puppies. Exactly. So, and just coming back from maternity leave, 16 is a very large number. <laughs> yeah, no, that's And so that's got to be not fun for mama either. Right. So. Yep. But hopefully all of those 16 puppies get spayed or neutered. Yeah, that's the main thing. It's like, it's it's cute now. I, I'd be very curious to see in a year what happens to all those puppies. Oh, I know. And Dalmatians, they're pretty, like, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, Dave? I always do this. High maintenance? It can be a Not in every situation, mm -hmm. but they do have high energy levels. And mm -hmm. so... And that's one of the biggest reasons why pets are turned over to shelters is because families can't keep up with it. So, yep. <clears throat> but best of luck to those puppies out in the world. And yep. uh, glad you know, mama's okay. Yeah, I'm glad Luna's doing well. Next up, last month's condo collapse in Surfside, Florida, mobilized teams of rescue workers from all over the world to assist with recovery. But one of the teams recently deployed is bringing a different type of support. A team of nine golden retrievers sent by the Lutheran Church Charities Canine Comfort Dog Ministry arrived this month to bring empathy and compassion to first responders who've been doing the hard, physical, and emotionally grueling work. During their week at the site, the squad was at a makeshift memorial located near the collapsed tower each day. They also visited a family assistance center set up at the Red Cross and a local public's grocery store. Over 130 LCC canine comfort dogs serve in 27 states at hospitals, schools, nursing homes, hospice centers, rehab centers, and cancer centers that train to interact with people of all ages who are suffering. Uh, quote, our prayer for first responders is they make it through, they find what they need to mentally process and to know in their minds that they found someone's loved one, they made a difference for families, said Bonnie Fear, the crisis response coordinator. And I hope they get to hang on to that. Um I Gosh. couldn't even imagine. No, I couldn't either. And I saw, you know, there's obviously pictures of the dogs there. So nine golden retrievers in a row with vests on that say, uh, please pet me. Mm. Um, yeah. And a lot of the first responders had a very positive response because that's that's really some just some really grueling work. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But and I mean, it's what we preach about every day here, how pets just have that healing effect. So whether you're a certified emotional support animal or not. Right. They take such a load off of us, off of us yep. emotionally. It's it's almost incomparable to anything else. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, why don't we go talk to our friends at Hills Pet Nutrition? Already. Hills Pet Nutrition has been creating pet food for decades and are widely considered the experts. So who better to have on a talk nutrition with us than Dr. Kristen Woolner and Dr. Mike Robbins of Hills Pet Nutrition. Welcome to Pet Resource Radio, doctors. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. Now, uh, how important is a pet's food to their overall health, energy level, and longevity, would you say? Nutrition is the cornerstone. I, without it, we can't function. Our, our pets can't function. We our, our bodies can only produce so many things on their own. Um, and 
And for all the rest of the stuff that it needs, we have to take in through our diet. So um, having a, a quality nutrition is going to be extremely important for the overall health of the animal. Um, you know, it's, we, Hills has been studying the pet's biology for, for decades. Um, and we know that balanced nutrition is, is even really more important than, I guess, if you would consider it excessive nutrition. So it's one of those, we really like balance here at, um, at Hills. And that's to say, you know, there are certain nutrients that, again, while your body needs them, they don't need them in excess. And that's exactly what we try to prevent. We, we provide the optimal nutrients to help fuel that animal through their life to grow to thrive, um, to, as you said, you know, keep that energy up and be a part of their pet parents' everyday life. What is, um, well, let's, let's look then at the, the main differences between dogs and cats in terms of what nutrition they need. Yeah. So going back to kind of what Dr. Robbins implied in that nutrition really brings us everything that the body can't produce on its own. And so cats and dogs have slightly different variations in terms of what their body can and cannot produce. And I would say in general, cats tend to need higher levels of protein and a few other nutrients compared to dogs. And so that's why it's important, especially when um, you have a multi-pet household, that you're making sure that your cat is not eating any of the dog food um, and that the dog is not eating any of the cat food because those two, you know, the two species have, have different requirements. And um, how do a pet's dietary needs change as they go from, you know, from baby to adult and then adult to senior? Um, we know that puppies and kittens, just again, as our, as our human baby counterparts, they're growing extremely fast. And what does that mean? That means they need a lot of energy and they tend to need a higher proportion of nutrients on an energy basis. As I know, sometimes that's a little hard uh, to sort of grasp your head around, but that's really the important part. It's that energy or the nutrients on an energy basis. Um, they need more of that than their than their adult counterparts because they are laying down tissue. They are forming bone. They are maturing their immune system. Um, all of their tissues, like enzymes, are are changing, and, and the, the, our biochemical processes start to evolve and um, uh, again change over time. So we really focus on uh, on pets, uh, on our um, puppies and kittens phase. That's really the big one, that growth phase. Further, then we take it to our adults. So that's once once they've met their um, their or once they've attained that um, adult size, once they've once they've gotten to their mature body weight and size, mm -hmm. um, they don't need as much energy again per pound of body weight that they have. So we do have to start cutting them back and start thinking about let's make sure that we're not providing excess. We don't want our pets to become obese. So um, making sure that nutrients in there to help uh, to help with Fat metabolism are, are really important. So hills like L-carnitine, we put L-carnitine in a lot of our foods, um, which is again important for that fat dietary fat metabolism. Um, and then senior nutrition, and especially as you're getting along and you're, I guess that we'll call it mature. I, I don't necessarily want to say senior because there's there's not really a great definition between senior and geriatric and whatnot. None of them that it's been accepted. But when we get into our older dogs, um, again, their nutrients are going to change. Sometimes they might be slowing down a little bit. Um, they, we might know that maybe we need to focus on other nutrients like omega-3 fatty acids for, for joint health. Um, something that you don't also think of is as we get older, our, our we are less able to digest nutrients efficiently. Um, uh. GI physiology changes a little bit. So we want to make sure that we have highly digestible ingredients in addition to providing some fiber to help keep that, um, GI tract healthy. 
Uh, gosh, I could I could go even farther. I know Hills, we studied um, the difference in, in biology, like genomic expression between our adult dogs and our elderly dogs. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference in gene expression. We know that. Um, and a lot of those genes tend to be what's, what's downregulated, unfortunately, in our older animals is their ability to handle stressors and like uh, free radicals and stuff like that. So we really focus on antioxidants with um, with our older pets as well. And that makes a lot of sense, too. Um, well, let's talk a little bit. Let's switch gears here. Let's let's talk about how Hills has worked to help pets and their owners as well as the veterinary community during the pandemic. So this is a question that I'm very excited to answer for you because, you know, what many people don't know is that Hills actually has a disaster relief network. Um, and it's an extension of our food, shelter, and love program. And it's a natural fit when you think about it, right? Because we support over 800 shelters across the country. And, you know, through our shelter program, many of those shelters actually act as first responders for pets that have been impacted by disaster. And so, you know, our disaster relief network is designed to quickly rush free pet food to those shelters and clinics and nonprofits that are really helping pets in the aftermath of the disaster. And so, as you know, COVID-19 impacted our animal welfare partners in a major way. And so shelters all around the country saw you know, reduced financial aid support as, you know, donor funds were decreasing and fundraising events were canceled, um, you know, due to social distancing. And so on the flip side, shelters were working really hard to make sure that pets would stay in their homes and did not have to be surrendered by their family. And so I'm very excited to tell you that through, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, we created our first ever grant program, which paid out over $400,000 in grants to 60 animal welfare organizations. Yeah. And then taking it even a step further, we donated over 510,000 pounds of food worth about 2 million um, to support animal health and welfare organizations around the country. So, you know, even taking it a a step further, we didn't even forget about our partners in the veterinary profession. So we established a grant program with the AVMA Foundation to provide $150,000 in personal grants to vet healthcare team members who were feeling the economic impact of the pandemic. And so just an incredible response that I'm so proud of by our company um, to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, that's all fantastic stuff. What should pet owners be looking for when they're looking at pet food labels? Are there any ingredients or meat sources that should be a priority for dogs or cats? This this is a conversation near and dear to my heart. With my training in clinical nutrition, this is uh, this is what I did on a daily basis. Is, is educate helping educate owners on this and the the regulation, like the state and government regulation that, that um, uh, mandates what needs to be on a pet food label on a pet food bag. It's not really as rigorous um, as as in our our human um, uh, human nutrition. Mm-hmm. So it's a little difficult to really get uh, a lot of great information off the bag by just looking at ingredients. Um, again, it's, it's your ingredients are the vehicles to provide those nutrients for the animal. And that's why it's really important to understand what different ingredients bring. So it's not, a lot of people say like meat first. And again, that's not really the important thing. We know that plant sources can provide amino acids. Um, cause it's again, we, let's just talk protein very briefly. Um, Protein, we think mainly coming from animal sources, but it does come from other things. Protein comes from plant sources. And it's, and it's really trying to get those essential amino acids from all the different ingredient sources mm-hmm. to make um, the most ideal food. So, again, we're looking at balance. 
you can't get as much off of the label as as I think we would really, really like. Um, and and it's even harder to compare between products. So there are some nutrient levels that are on pet food um, labels that it's called the guaranteed analysis. And really what that guaranteed analysis does is it either sets an absolute high or an absolute minimum, um, depending on what nutrient it's looking at, that the pet food manufacturer says this food will not exceed this amount of either protein, fats, um, fiber, et cetera, or it will not go below this amount of protein, fats, um, fiber, et cetera, whatever it again may be. And that's, that's great. It's, it sort of sets those, um, those, those standards that will never go above and below, but it doesn't give us that average nutrient information. And that's really what's most important. Um, And then it gets even harder if you're using that guaranteed analysis to compare between companies, between diets, even diets within the same company or foods within the same company, and especially between dry and canned. You absolutely cannot use guaranteed analysis to compare nutrient levels between a dry food and a canned food. So that's, that's a really big thing that I um, have to let owners know. And the reason for that is, is because that guaranteed analysis is what we call on an as-fed basis. So as you feed it to your pet, this is the nutrient that this is the level of nutrients that would be in there. And we have to remember water is also a nutrient. Um, we can't produce water on our own. We have to take it in, right? So um, canned food has a lot of water in it, which is great. Um, that's, that's sort of what it was designed for. Dry food doesn't. So without that water, that that percentage, um, or I guess when you add that water in, the percentage of whatever nutrient level is going to decrease, or it's going to look decreased on an as-fed basis. And that's fine, because we know we have to feed more canned food on a volume basis as compared to our dry food. It's not as energy dense. Again, it's due to that water. So uh, it, it's I, to go back to your question, Dave, uh, of really, what do you need to look for on, on a pet food label? It's look for... Um, an AFCO feeding statement, um, and ideally one that is that uh, that mentions a life stage. So for adult maintenance or growth or something like that, those are those would probably be the most important things. Nutrients uh, or ingredients again to consider. It's really honestly going to depend on the company um, because again, certain companies, uh, as as Hills does, we we use um, we use different ingredients to provide the optimum nutrients level, and that's again what's important. Makes sense to me. It seems like maybe a pet would get bored eating the same thing over and over again. Do you, is that true or not? And and why? You know, it's funny because I can't imagine ever getting bored of eating mac and cheese, right? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so but I, I have found in my clinical experience that this tends to be more of a pet parent preference than a true pet preference. Ah. Um, and, and I what I say is I, I, I tend to find that pet parents tend to want to change their foods more than they necessarily need to or, or should. And I think for those pets that are really looking for and pet parents that are really wanting variety, I think certainly within a, a product line, you know, I know Hills, we're very proud of having quite a breadth of, of forms and flavors that exist within, you know, maybe an adult maintenance line or a weight loss, you know, product or something like that. Um, you know, and for overall for healthy animals, it's not a huge deal to occasionally change their food. I would say that for those pets that have conditions that are specifically being managed by their veterinarian through nutrition, I would recommend that they likely should not be changing their food, at least without consulting their veterinarian first. So, you know, I would say for those pet parents that are really looking to to add some variety to their pet's day, you know, there's a, a, a great way to do that is, you know, maybe through a, a canned food topper or, you know, maybe changing the texture of the kibble as they serve it, 
think there's a lot of ways to be really creative for those pet parents that are really wanting variety. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, can we talk some about uh, prescription diet? How, how has that changed the game for pets with certain issues? You know, prescription diet kind of just builds on Hills as a company, right? So in the late 30s, uh, Morris Frank was a young blind man. He was touring the country with his guide dog, Buddy, mm-hmm. um, promoting the CNI Dog Foundation. And so Buddy, a German shepherd, was suffering from kidney failure, and his and her owner um, asked Dr. Mark Morris for help. And Dr. Morris believed that Buddy's illness was due to the result of poor nutrition. And so that is where the very first therapeutic nutrition, KD, was born. So what I'm very proud about with Hills is that not only did we create prescription diet, we created the the, the category of therapeutic nutrition. So we have learned through all of our extensive research that. When we, foc- when we focus on conditions from a nutrient aspect and how we can best support those conditions, um, you know, we can really change the lives of, of the pets that we feed. So, you know, I'm very proud that we, you know, began the category of therapeutic nutrition and our research has continued to substantiate, um, you know, how nutrition and how certain levels of nutrients with different conditions can really impact these pets' lives. And I've seen it firsthand. I know uh, Dr. Robbins has as well in clinical practice where we just see these pets thrive um, when they're fed the right nutrition for their conditions. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, w- what types of things are you all focusing on developing at, uh, at Hills these days? Uh, want some insider info here? <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the insights too. Well, first of all, we're always developing great nutrition. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, that's always going to be one of the things that, that we that we strive to improve upon is, is our nutrition and and our not to say that it, it uh it we're, we're just looking to always make it better it's, we can always we can always do better science is a continuously evolving field so sure. we're here to try and make our pets health the best and and really that that is uh a couple products that hills has come out with recently that i think speak to that so our first is germ complete um which is actually just launched this uh, about a couple days ago i think um, and really, this is a nutrition for, for our dogs with um, both environmental allergies and food allergies. And, and honestly, in the United States, this is really the only, uh, the, the first and only clinically tested um, therapeutic nutrition that, that addresses both these signs, uh, wow. especially amongst the big brands. Um, so, so we're really proud of that. We know um, environmental allergies are really, really frustrating for, for pets um, and, their, and their owners. Finding a food or finding a, a formulation that helps with these issue pets is, is amazing. It, it's really, really amazing. Um, in addition to that, we also, about a year or two ago, came out with our GI biome diet, our prescription diet, canine and feline um, gastrointestinal biome. And at the heart of that is our active biome technology, our active biome plus technology. And really what that does is uh, it, it's these, we know fiber is important. Um, Fiber is is not only there for our pet's health, but it's for their gut health. And we're really getting to understand, I think, especially in in, um, in human medicine, gut health is, is really, really important. And, and we know that that's the same for our cats and dogs. So we, uh, the scientists at Hills, were actually able to find a special fiber blend that rapidly activates these these microbes and the health within their within their GI system and, and the overall health for our pets. So Hills has been studying um, GI sort of nutrition for decades. 
and and uh, we're really really proud of our active biome technology that's that's in our GI biome. Um, it's in a, I believe in one of our wellness foods as well. Um, and then on top of that, we're, it's not necessarily just nutrition, but Hills really, we really like to, to study the genome uh, and understand sure, at what's yeah. at the heart. Our genome is our DNA. That's what makes us up. That's what makes our dogs and our cats up. Um, we like to study that. And Hills um, partnered with a company called Embark. And what we're doing is we are, um, we're looking to uh, evaluate dogs who may have certain heart conditions um, mm-hmm. and at their their DNA and see if we can find any patterns that may sort of explain what might predispose these animals to heart conditions and if there is any nutrient interplay that's involved in that and then how we can help optimize um, those pet health. So um, it's it's we do a lot. We do a lot just uh, just besides the nutrition stuff. Um, and and I think it it really helps round hills out as a a very quality company. Yeah, agreed. Um, well. Doctors Wilner and Robbins, thank you so much for being on Pet Resource Radio today. Uh, we really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you for having us. And lastly, this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We watched the six-part documentary series, Cat People, on Netflix, and we are going to talk about it. Um, we, I think overall, well, I'm not going to spoil what we thought of it. Um, <laughs> Sierra, what are your thoughts? So starting off with the positives, mm-hmm. I really thought it was a good combination, a good balance of educational right. and sentimental mm-hmm. content. So maybe a little spoiler, there's an episode on Trap King. And so if you haven't heard of him, he does TNR. Yep. And my only critique about that was that he, I feel like he should have had his own episode. He, um, he was combined with a cat named Mr. B and his own, his owner, but... I feel like TNR is just a really big topic. It's a lot to cover in like half an episode. Yeah. And when an episode's only like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. But that was my only big critique. Other than that, I thought um, it did a really good job of showing the power of pets, whether you work in the animal welfare industry Mm -hmm. or you're a pet owner. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it just shows how pets give us purpose that I think that was one of my favorite parts. They said that in episode five. Yeah. And I just love that pets, cats make us want to be better humans. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like we don't have a place in the world. And so we can do the things that we love with our pets without having a feeling of judgment. Right. So, yeah, I think that it's, I think it's a good series overall. I do wish there was a little more focus on rescue. Yeah. Um, I'm not as interested in a surfing cat. Um, yeah, agree. But but the Acra cats, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And that's one of those things that like, uh, it wasn't my favorite episode, but I really enjoyed seeing the Acra cats, um, seeing, you know, the, how, when you're dealing with cats, um, when you're dealing with pets in general and you're in animal rescue, you are hanging on by a thread a lot of times. Yep. Um, and to see especially how COVID had affected them, 
Um, they're not being able to tour and that mm-hmm. funds their rescue efforts and all that sort of stuff. And, and seeing like, you know, how, how really devastating this was for a lot of people in the animal welfare community. Yeah. But on the other side of that, it was so inspiring to see how that didn't put a damper on their passion. They just right. kept pushing and doing what they love. And that's similar to how I feel working here. I'm sure you feel the same way. So Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I would say overall a good series. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Trap King. Yes. Um, big fan of uh, Mosho, the cat rapper, even though I think Trap King is a better rapper. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Mosho's not And famous. I did. I did go on to Wakuniku, which is episode three, to mm-hmm. see if I could buy one of her felt needling mm-hmm. 3d cats mm-hmm. but she's not accepting orders until 2022 yeah i so, bet i bet there's a lot of demand she blew for up it. that was yeah. my favorite episode no it's but a we, great episode we have a little rating system here yes. so why don't you tell them about okay that? rating system is out of four paws and if you want to do halves it's toe beans uh so it'd be two toe beans okay so are you ready yes three paws two toe beans and a dew claw. A dew claw. Throwing a dew claw in there. Yep. Wow. Spicing it up. Uh, I would say also three paws, two toe beans. We did not plan this, y'all. No, that's just we how just it worked out. To have the uh, same. Just happens to be a very good series. So yeah, and if you're not a cat person, I feel like you should still watch it yep. because it will change your whole. Can't talk after coming back. It will change your whole perspective on cats. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. It's a it's a it's a nice overview of of cats and cat people. Yes. Say goodbye to you friends but i'll be back don't worry big thanks to our friends at hills pet nutrition for being on the show today as for us we're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together and you can help just head to prckc.org and you can donate volunteer shop our online store and more if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app rate us and leave us a review that always helps new people find us and for the latest updates on the show follow us on social media we're at prr podcast on twitter and facebook So until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the writer Cleveland Amory said, as anyone who has ever been around a cat for any length of time well knows, cats have enormous patience with the limitations of humankind. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, produced and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro, written, recorded, and edited by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazelrock Musical Industries.